I think theology's for the clergy. I just believe in Jesus. Certain hermeneutics of eschatology demand an exegetical approach. I think you shouldn't question what you were taught in church. Isn't that blasphemy or something? Hey friends, welcome to the broadcast. This is Theology Unplugged, and Tim and Michael in hello, the studio. Hello. We are in the Credo House. At the Credo House, and Tim is drinking his new uh, Credo tea. Do we have a special name for this tea? Well, the tea is Mighty Leaf Tea, and so our coffee is roasted by Elemental, and we feel like it's some of the best coffee in the state of Oklahoma, for sure, that you can get. And then uh, Mighty Leaf is just good tea. Is, so, is that a sign you're getting more sophisticated? Um, with, with the tea? Yeah, it's afternoon tea, right? Yeah, you know, I feel I've got my pinky up in the air and, uh, yeah, but you know, I'm feeling manly about the whole situation. I'm still doing the iced coffee and that's about the least sophisticated thing I can do, isn't it? Yeah. Well, you, you keep it in the giant gulp 7-Eleven big plastic swimming pool container. You're not supposed to mention 7-Eleven here on the broadcast. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, the 812 container. (laughs) Okay, well, good. Well, uh, we're not joined by Sam once again because we're continuing our series on um, uh, addicted to experience. Not that uh, Sam could not contribute to that, but Sam is just not. Uh, he's just he, out. He's still out of town. He's out having experiences without us. Yeah. Well, he, I'm sure he could contribute some uh, good stuff. Oh here. man, yeah. But uh, but we miss him. But we're also glad that he's ministering all around the, the country. Shout out to you, Sam. Yeah. We love you. There you go. All right, Tim, why don't you take off and get us going here? All right. Well, last week we talked about... Uh, uh, last I'm just kidding. I'll no, I, it's okay. I'm, I'm game. If you just stop laughing, I no, can no, talk. No, no, I've already okay. got something in my mind. Okay, so. go ahead. So, you know, you ask me a question, then you just go on laughing, giving me no room to talk. <laughs> well, I just wanted to put you on the spot. Okay, go ahead. I'll just sip my tea while you, uh, while you okay. go. Well, we're talking about addicted to experience, folks, and talking about the... Um, I think Tim. Last time we we really covered um, the idea of uh, sometimes how we can we can feel like very insecure, second rate Christians, or yeah. our faith can feel very insecure simply because we have not experienced God in the way that, say, somebody down the street or somebody else at your church or somebody mm-hmm. in your small group talks about this or somebody on the radio, you know, talking about it and saying, I look what I did and this is how God responded and here's the miracle that happened in my life and mm-hmm. here's the deep down emotion that I feel whenever I pray uh, in the morning yeah. uh, or during my quiet time or during worship. And, and a lot of people will have this kind of uh, Holy Spirit type of experience that some of us just don't really know how to relate to because we haven't had it yeah. or, or we have it rarely. And so then we begin to feel insecure. Isn't aren't you expressing what should be the normative mm. Christian experience? And I'm not experiencing that. Therefore, I am not a normative Christian to the point where, as I talked about last time, a lot of people begin to doubt their faith. Yeah, and so you say normative is saying I'm not a normal Christian like everybody else, but then other people, though, will look at those experiences and say, well, uh, maybe you are a Christian, but you're just not a mature Christian, perhaps. And so some of those experiences would say those experiences are pointing you towards maturity. So, Michael, if you're not experiencing all these things, you are not growing, and you are maintaining some sort of an immature Christianity. Yeah, we may be able to say something like this. Have you learned to hear the voice of God? Mm. And you're like, oh, 
<laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what, what are you talking about? Yeah. You know? Is that supposed to be something I understand because I don't? Uh, are you talking about have I heard his voice audibly? Are you talking about have I had some type of deep existential experience with the Holy Spirit? Yeah. Are, are you talking about do I have times with Jesus that elevate my spirit and, you know, I can always go there? I mean, it's just hard because I think what we end up doing, and we don't mean to, we're excited about our experience. Those people who have had these experiences want to, you know, you know the first thing you want to do is go tell other people about them and help people to lift up to your high yeah. and experience it with you. You don't like to do the go through those things alone. Mm-hmm. And so um, I, I think what we do sometimes is we, we begin to create a standard either in ourselves or in other people, about how God is to work in your life, mm-hmm. present himself in your life. And, and like I said last time, I mean, you, you may have this at the very beginning of your Christian walk. You have some type of Holy Spirit experience, God mm-hmm. encounter, mm-hmm. whatever it may be. And later in your Christian walk, God goes dark. You know, yeah. he goes silent. And then you begin to question everything you went through before. Were those really legitimate experiences? Uh, well, does God really love me? Did I just make that up myself? Yeah. Uh, those types of things. And then you begin to doubt your salvation. Mm-hmm. You begin to doubt God. And if your faith is built upon such experiences, it can fall apart very quickly and very easily. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that we're trying to do here is, number one, say this. We're all unique, right? Yeah. I mean, definitely. God may deal with you differently than he deals with me. I'm unique in my genetics. I'm unique in my disposition. I mean, you're very unique. I, I am very unique, We yes. were just talking about that today. Some of your uniqueness is coming out more and more here at the Credo House. Oh, we were. Thank you. Thanks for calling those unique. We thought you were eavesdropping. <laughs> Uh, but, you know, we're all very unique people who experience the world uniquely and, and have have a certain emphasis on different parts of our disposition that experiences things, whether it be rational, yeah. experiential, emotional, um, uh, our genetics come into play, our upbringing comes into play. Our stage of life comes into play. Yeah. Our mood comes into play. What we had for lunch comes into play. <laughs> <laughs> Everything comes into play. Yeah. And so once you start building your stability of your spirituality upon such things, again, I'm not trying to say don't have experiences, don't look for God, don't 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 hope for the peace that passes understanding, those types of things. Yeah, and don't stop telling people about experiences that you may have as well. Just don't expect them upon yourself or expect them upon other people. God sometimes does, from that perspective, go dark. Mm-hmm. Now, what I said last time, and I think I started with this last time, Tim, was that I don't have that many things that I, I mean, maybe on one hand I can count all the times that I felt like here's where I encountered God differently than I normally encounter him. Mm-hmm. Now I'm hesitant because I don't want to say here's where I encountered God as if I'm not encountering God right now. Yeah. I mean I feel as if we need to build a Christian worldview that is holistic. We're encountering God every moment. Yeah. And we need to learn to sense him in a way, I guess, or believe him. I like that better. Mm-hmm. I mean not not sense, 
because I'm not in my office studying and saying, do I sense God right now? Yeah, let me go through my five senses, senses and go on a checklist. You know, am I hearing him? Am I tasting him? Am I touching him? Am I seeing him? You know, that's not what we're talking about. Yeah, and, and is he leading me to do this? I mean, well, we just finished developing the, what is it, the fifth boot camp? Uh, church history boot camp? I think so. Uh, well, we just finished the boot, church history boot camp, five sessions on church history. Well, we're and, finishing it today, teaching it at a, at a local church. Yeah, We finished right. developing it this week. And whenever I am going through here and we're developing this, and I'm putting you know, Billy Graham and uh, his impact on evangelicalism, I didn't have a feeling that I needed to put Billy Graham in. I didn't have an experience. God didn't tell me. How about when you put in Friedrich Schleiermacher? Yes, I did. You that was did an experience definitely. because he, he he believes in experience very much. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, and, and we uh, are like talking about Schleiermacher. It's just awesome. That, that's an experience to say, Schleiermacher. <laughs> yeah, and we are covering both of those people today very much. Um, but I didn't. I didn't have that. Here, here's what I feel like I did. <laughs> I feel. Yeah. Um, I just trust. Try. I try to do my best I can. To trust the Lord that he is guiding me. He is sovereign. He's in providential care. And my experience is that of a daily belief that he is behind me. Mm. Not that I sense him, see him, smell him, touch him. Ask, should I include Billy Graham and Friedrich Schleiermacher? And then get some type of whisper in my ear Mm. or, or deep sense or chills down my spine. I'm not looking for that. Yeah. But again, when we start our Christian life and that's what we find, that's what we that that's what the Christian life starts with, that's what we begin to expect for the rest of our Christian life. And whenever it doesn't come, we fall apart. Yeah. Addicted, we become addicted to it. We need it. God give me the experience that I had at the beginning with you. Mm. Our experience primarily is an experience of faith. Yeah of trust, of submission, of obedience, which brings about joy, Mm. peace, patience, kindness. All of those things are the expressions of our faith, not having an existential experience. Yeah. Now, let me, let me build on this because we have And in no way are you saying that when those experiences come that we should push them away or, and not receive them, but what we're saying is we just can't expect them. We can't be addicted to them in the sense of we are tying our, 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 our walk with the Lord to experiences with the Lord because what we, we just have to assume that we do not deserve those. There is nothing in the Bible that says, and you should expect every two months or quarterly, at the most, you should expect some significant experience with the Lord. Mm. Because when we look through the Bible, we just don't see that happening. We Even in the life of Paul, if we had the Apostle Paul sitting in here with us right now, and we say, Paul, could you tell us times when you just didn't sense God as closely as other times? He could say, oh, sure. I mean, let me go through the list. There were so many mundane days where I just kept 
pressing on, um, and nothing inside of me felt like pressing on. Mm. Sit down, Moses. Moses, were there times? Were there times? There were decades <laughs> when I did not sense God in ways that I sensed Him at other times in my life, where the mundane, normal aspects of life kicked in, and I just pressed on mm. in my faith, um, and recognizing that the experiences that I had before were blessings that would fuel me in times of drought, and then, uh, and then when when an experience would come, I would thank the Lord for that experience, and then, uh, but in no way feel like I deserve that He owes me another one in the next foreseeable future. Maybe experience can be described as bricks to the house of our faith, but not the foundation. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're part of our testimony, or maybe sure. even window dress, maybe the windows yeah. or something. You yeah. know, where where we really don't need them. To function as a as a house that's protecting us and and all the however far we want to stretch this illustration, mm-hmm. but that when the curtain rods, but when they're when they're there, the they're the curtain rods. Okay, but when they're there, they're nice. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Let me let me talk about a little bit about scripture on this because I, I think it's important for us to recognize the emphasis, and I think some people will be surprised whenever we talk about. Uh, what the Bible has to say about what we should expect. Now, when we talk about experience, addicted to experience, we're talking about a sense experience of God, a sense experience of Christ. Now, where does that come from? Well, it come from a lot of different places. Mm-hmm. Um, number one, of course, is to see, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that's the thing that I think uh, the majority of our understanding and information come through is through our eyes. That's what we rely upon the most. And so if we can see it, then it's real. And and to, to, to be able to see God, to be able to see Christ with our eyes would be an ultimate experience, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, I've never seen him. No. Never uh, even, you know, on the on the movies, you know, whenever we watch a... Uh, Watch, uh, although my picture of Christ is, I have to admit, from the 1970s version of Jesus of Nazareth. That's mm. got to be what he looked like. Yeah. Because well, I can't picture anything else because I saw that, right? Yeah. Well, and then there is the, the girl. It was a, the young Russian yeah. girl that. From uh, the boy. What is it called? Uh, Heaven is Real. Book. Heaven is Real, yeah. Yeah. Who drew the picture of Jesus. Yeah. Uh, that's not my picture of Jesus. I've never seen Jesus, never seen God, never seen the Holy Spirit. Okay? Okay. That's an ultimate sense experience. Now, we have other sense experiences. I've never felt them. You know, I've never reached over and, and had him hold my hand and felt a gentle, invisible squeeze or something like that. Mm-hmm. Never smelled them. Mm-hmm. Never, obviously, tasted them. Yeah. Never heard him either. I mean, it's never as if I, I was sitting here and I heard a voice from heaven. You do have those experiences, especially in the Bible many times where, yeah. you know, God speaks out of heaven and people hear a voice. Yeah. Never heard his voice. Now, those are the How about ultimate. angels? Have you sensed that with angels either? Nothing. Have you heard the voice of angels? N- never angels, never anything supernatural in that sense or okay. uh above what we experience each day. I've never been able to unzip the veil between this world and the world of heaven. Okay. It seems to be, uh, at least for me, uh, closed with a lock on it. Now, you did pray last week, Michael, 
I I think uh, if I recount the story correctly, I think it was last week, wasn't it? Where where uh, I, as the executive director of Credo House, I handle a lot of the business side, administrative things, and then but Michael and I, uh, on a regular basis, usually every day, are discussing the finances of the ministry and different things. And and I went to Michael last week and said, uh, Michael, you know, we should we should just pray because you know we're entering the summer and and uh, and we've got a, a bunch of great projects that are coming out, but we're kind of in a dip time where it'd be great to have some donations and uh, and we should just pray that the Lord may bless us in that and you prayed and we had a significant donation within the hour so really what are you going to do with that i don't remember um, 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 buckaroo <laughs> so you probably have had the experience that you just have a terrible memory is that what you're saying <laughs> maybe so or maybe and like today we we had somebody that came in and helped us out but we didn't pray beforehand yeah that's right i mean it's so it was an experience that wasn't really connected to anything, but we we did see we were Both like, of wow, them are just as much the hand of God. Yeah, because we were able to say, wow, God, you know, we we didn't even know we needed this. Uh, you know, it, well, we didn't ask you for this directly like we did last week, and you provided. Thank you. Listen to this, Tim. First uh, Peter, chapter one, verse eight, talking about Christ. Peter says, though you do, you, though you have not seen him, you love him. Yeah. Now, just stop right there. I love that. Because here we got Peter, probably around 63 AD, talking to a group of people, probably Jewish people, mm-hmm. uh, that he assumes, obviously, have never seen Christ in his earthly ministry. I'm sure some of them were old enough to have been there, but he assumes they haven't. But the main assumption he has here is that Christ has gone to heaven. Yeah. In Acts chapter 1, Christ went up to heaven and the angel said, why do you stand here looking? Mm-hmm. As if you're you're trying to continue to experience the visual, the 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 experiential aspects of your nature to see Christ. He is gone for now, but he'll be back. Yeah. And the idea is get to work. And you won't experience him in this way until he comes back. Well, that's crazy. So basically the angel is telling the disciples, get used to experiencing your Savior in a totally new way. Get used to experiencing him without any of your five senses. That's right. And and, and as Christ said, I'm going away, but the Holy Spirit's coming. And it's mm-hmm. better that I go away, that I might send the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit acts in a different way. He didn't mm-hmm. come visually. He didn't come to where we can hear him, uh, you know, uh, as an invisible ghost that 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 is our partner that stands beside us, rides with us in the car, and you know, you mm-hmm. ask questions, and there he is. It's yeah. different. Yeah. Um, though you have not seen him, you love him. Peter says that these people have not seen Christ, and some of them have probably never seen Christ before. Yeah, yeah. And, and so the assumption here is in the Christian life that Peter is making, at least what I get out of this, is that, and let me say this to everybody out there, though you do not experience him in the way you experience other things, you love him. Yeah. Though you have been, um, you are going through a drought of confirmation, and that drought may last your entire life mm-hmm. because he went up to heaven. You still believe in him. That's a that's a key doctrine that I think we need to hold on to rather than trying to move people towards a, a bigger faith in experiences. 
Yeah. One time I was in uh, junior high and I was talking to my to my junior high. This is whenever I went to a local Christian school mm-hmm. and it was in Bible class. And afterwards we'd been talking about angels and she talked about guardian angels. And I, I don't find any biblical support for guardian angels necessarily. But I walked up to her afterwards and I said, I said, I've never seen my guardian angel. Have you seen yours? And she said, oh, yeah. And I felt very neglected. You know? yeah. <laughs> I was like, wow, what was it? And she tells me the story about when she was getting ready to get in a car wreck and there was 12 feet angels that were standing on each side of her car that uh, after she avoided the wreck, she saw them for a moment. And I said, I want to see an angel. I mean, all of a sudden... All of my energy, all of my focus, all of my thought went to having that same experience. Mm-hmm. I said, I want to see my angel. And she said, all you have to do is pray, and God will show them to you. Mm-hmm. And I remember that night <laughs> before I went to bed, or right whenever I went now, to did bed. Did you go outside just in case the angel was really tall? No, no, I was no. in my bedroom, and I almost prayed the prayer. Okay. But then I got too scared <laughs> because I thought, what if he shows up? I'm going to be scared to death. So I did a pray the prayer. <laughs> but but that's the idea here. Now, have some, you regretted that ever since? Oh, I still haven't prayed the prayer. <laughs> and and uh, I, I don't think I would expect anything, you know, if I pray, God, let me see an angel. Yeah. Let me see you. Uh, and I have prayed that before. Mm-hmm. God, just let me see you just for a second. Yeah. Do something. That appeals to my five senses. Because that's how I experience the world. That's how I want to experience you. But the angel said, he has gone to heaven. Why do you stare? Why are you still staring? Yeah. And some of us are just still staring. We're addicted to experience. We're addicted to staring. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Even though, listen to this, even though you do not see him now, you believe in him. And are filled with inexpressible and glorious joy. Where does that come from? The inexpressible and glorious joy comes not from your experience. It comes from your belief. It comes from the Holy Spirit. Now, that can be an experience. You know, of course, joy is an experience. But it's based upon belief. Yeah. It's based upon trust. Not based upon an uncaused, existential, all of a sudden, I feel different than I did two seconds ago, and nothing else has changed. Mm. And read the, rest, uh, read the rest of that section. Uh, it says, for you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. And I, I love that. You know, so here he's saying, you are receiving the goal of your faith. You're receiving the salvation of your soul. Uh, but you're not experience, You're not feeling it. Yeah, yeah, that is interesting because you've got you have not seen him past. You do not see him present, but you are receiving. That is a present progressive. Mm. That that it is now going on. It's happening. Yeah, mm. and you don't need to feel like you know. Let let me wait till I have that experience. Then I'll really see that I'm I'm really getting somewhere here. And instead he's saying, no, though you're not experiencing these things, you are experiencing your salvation. Well, let me not stop there because we can go to John chapter 20, verse 29, and it says, whenever Thomas came to him and said, you know, uh, or, or was with the apostles, said, I'm not going to believe until I experience him, until I see. Yeah, yeah. Uh, notice what Christ says to him after he graciously grants his request. He says, Jesus said to Thomas, because you have seen me, you believe? That's a question. Hmm. Blessed are those who do not see and yet believe. Again, here's the deal. 
Blessed are those who do not experience me in the way that you just have. Not saying absolutely lack of experience. I mean, belief itself is an experience. The ability to believe is an experience that is given to us by our the, the Father who is in heaven. Yeah. The belief itself is an experience. But blessed are those. And who's he talking about? Well, I think he's talking about everybody after the ascension. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody, again, and I, I, I don't want to go too far with this, but I think here, here's the strongest I'll go right here is that the majority of you will never, ever see Christ and never should expect to. Uh, Possibly uh, all of you. On this side of glory. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Thank you. Thank <laughs> yeah. you. That was a scary statement. <laughs> qualifier. <laughs> Notice here another one. 2 Corinthians 4.18, while we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal, we walk by faith, not by sight. Now, there we go. I mean, we have this idea that the Christian life is filled with this walk, not an ignorant faith. That's not what he's talking about. No. He's saying the same thing. You have not seen Christ, but you believe in him. We walk by faith, belief in something that we cannot see, but yet we are convicted about. Yeah. Hebrews says the same thing. Hebrews eleven twenty seven. Um, it says, excuse me, eleven one first. For faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Again, I mean, there's a big deal to God right now about you not experiencing him. The heaven, in that sense, being zipped up. Him being, in some sense, dark. Yeah. Why do you stare up at heaven? The same Jesus will come back again. Mm-hmm. But for now, it's zipped up. Yeah. Another one. One more, okay? Hang with me, all right? No two more. Actually, we're sticking in Hebrews just for a second. It's talking about uh, whenever, whenever Moses left Egypt. Not fearing the wrath of the king, he endured as seeing him who is unseen. And so again, I mean, here's Moses' fear of God is greater than the fear of that which is seen. Mm. One more, 1 John 4.20. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For the one who does not love his brother... <clears throat> For the one who does not love his brother whom he has not seen cannot lo- uh, who he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. I mean, mm-hmm. matter of fact, you have not seen God, folks. Yeah. If your experience is based upon trying to see him, trying to feel him, trying to touch him, and even if it is based upon something that initiated you into the faith, that you feel like you saw him, you touched him, folks, hold on to that so loosely. Yeah. Find some st- more stable ground because that is not the Christian faith. Mm-hmm. We don't sit on a hill all day long staring up at the sky waiting for that experience again. We are those who are committed because of our trust and our belief in things that are unseen. Mm-hmm. Not irrational, not without reason, not that we can't defend it. But we're going to have to wait. Christ said, I will one day drink of the fruit of the vine with you, eat with you in the day when I come 
for you and take you to be with me. Upper room discourse. Not going to eat of the fruit of the vine or drink of the fruit of the vine till I come again. Yeah, and I think that that is a a lot of the experience that we're yearning for. We're yearning for that face-to-face relationship with our Savior, and that is coming, and that is going to come. But what we saw with the disciples is if... If we are so focused on that, like the old saying that you're so heavenly minded, you're of no earthly good. And it's, it's kind of that idea that you're, you're so focused and so passionate and so wanting to have this experience that you're not ever going to have on this side of glory. And that should make us anticipate uh, paradise with our Savior, but it should also make us recognize that we've got work to do, <laughs> that that we need to keep our heads down, that, that we have plenty of things to grow in our faith in this life without having to have that experience that we will have one day. And it's okay to yearn for that. That's part of the groaning of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And we, we, fait, we wait for the revealing of the sons of God. We We cry out, Abba, Father. Why? Because we are waiting for the coming of Christ. And that that is a blessing. That is a blessing for us to yearn for that. Yeah. But not a blessing for us to yearn for it so much that we create, we interpret things that are going on here in this life where the yeah. things are zipped up as if they are God encounters in a different way than we normally encounter him. Mm-hmm. Your faith is what sustains you. Your belief is what sustains you. That belief is that which is unseen and oftentimes not experienced in the same way that we will one day experience him or the same way in which he was experienced by the apostles. Yeah. And Michael and I have both, we've, you know, I, I've had, I, I think, so, a handful of experiences that I would point to, but I would also, I'm, I'm aware of other people who I feel like have had legitimate experiences that when I look to them, I'm not looking to them as if they're a more mature believer than I am or that God has blessed them in a certain way. I just think for whatever reason, uh, for most people that that I would say those are legitimate experiences, it sounds like, that other people have had that are more tangible, that I just look to them and I say, God, thank you that I can, can in some ways vicariously have that experience through them. Mm-hmm. And so so I'm not, God, I'm not expecting this. I'm not asking you, oh, God, what you did to them, do that in my life, too. I'm just saying, wow, thank you that I was able to hear about that from this person. It sounds very legitimate. Now, if they came next week with another story, next week with another story for the rest of their lives, I'd start, start really questioning yeah. that because yeah. I'd wonder, well, what, you know, do you really need this much experience of God? Because uh, he, he typically never works this yeah, way. And some of the experiences are very misleading and, and can lead you into very bad theology as well. Whenever you put the experience in the front and you're addicted to it and you have to have it and it's exactly. more important than the Bible, it's more important than your faith, it's more important than that which is unseen. For example, last week I had a girl come to me and say that uh, her, her uh, somebody she knew died. It was an older lady. And as she died, and I have no reason at all to believe. I mean, I don't know, but I have no reason to think that this lady was a believer. Okay. But at the same time, she, as she died, was saying she was seeing angels in her room. Mm. And so this other girl got very encouraged by that. And, and that becomes a experience vicariously through that lady about her faith, which can say, well, this girl didn't believe in Christ, but yet she saw angels at her death. Therefore, I'm not so sure that Christ is the only way. Mm. I mean, all kinds of antidotal 
harmful things that we can bring up as well. Yeah, and well, in in our discipleship program, which comes out, if you're on our email list, uh, you'll be getting within within the week. You will be getting a news of of the unveiling of of our new discipleship program. We spend the entire first week, the first session, on the authority of the Bible and how our experiences are a legitimate authority. You know, I I I touch something that is hot and it burns me. And then the next time I go to touch something, my experience tells me, make sure that's not hot or you'll be burned again. And so our experience definitely has something that is, is a part of, of, of us. Uh, but what we teach very clearly in the discipleship program is that scripture is, that scripture is always in authority over our experiences. And so whatever scripture says, that is always going to be what we hang our hat on. All right, folks. Well, this has been a two-part series on Addicted to Experience. I hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, next week, we'll be picking back up with uh, Sam, I believe, with a whole new topic, a surprise topic. Not quite surprised to us because we've been planning out a little bit, but uh, mm-hmm. we thank you for joining us. Look for the discipleship program coming out. And remember, folks, listen, remember this. We love you guys. We're so glad you're listening to us, but we do need your support. I mean, this is a uh, 70% of what we take in here uh, and facilitate all the things that we have going on here at the Credo House it comes through your support. And, and we love to see, hear from our Theology Unplugged audience whenever you go to store.reclaimingthemind.org and click on Donate or just go to reclaimingthemind.org and click on Donate. Click on the Theology Unplugged tab that drops down to let us know that the donation we're receiving is coming from you guys. If you guys love this broadcast, if you want to hear it, uh, keep on going and expand. I mean, that's one of the things. We'll keep on going, but expand. Mm -hmm. Uh, Please please think about, prayerfully think about donating to us. Look for an experience. Pray to God and say, God, should I donate? (laughs) If you you don't hear anything, that means yes. (laughs) And if you do hear something, then that means yes as well. (laughs) We're covered. All right, guys, thanks a lot. We'll talk to you next week. You've been listening to Theology Unplugged. Visit our iTunes page by searching Theology Unplugged at the iTunes store. All episodes are available as free downloads. Theology Unplugged is made possible by Reclaiming the Mind Ministries. Reclaiming the Mind Ministries is a listener-supported ministry. If you've enjoyed this session or benefited from it in any way, do consider partnering with us. For information on how to become a ministry partner, and for a complete listing of ministry resources, visit the RMM homepage at www.reclaimingthemind.org. Thank you for listening, and God bless.